ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome to another edition of Nosebleeds, WFUV's baseball podcast. Excited to be with you. Sam Davis here, Brian Rabax, and Mike Calamari. I got two Yankees fans on the show today, which is perfect because we're coming off a very disappointing time for the Yankees, but also a very huge time going forward for them as well. We're going to jump into the New York Yankees. We'll start there. They lost two out of three to the Cleveland Indians. Certainly not what you're looking for after... Before that, they did win two out of three against the Baltimore Orioles, which for them is, is massive, considering that they have had a lot of trouble beating this Baltimore Orioles team over the, over the season. So to win two out of three there was big for them. And then carry it into this weekend, nothing – the only thing you can say about it really is disappointing, uh, I, I think, for them. They had a stretch right now where they could have kept up in, in a tight wildcard race and instead, they go out and lose two out of three to an Indians team that obviously is out of it, not very good. So I'm going to go to you, Brian, first. Let's just let, let I'm just going to let you talk here about the New York Yankees and about the weekend that was uh, with the Indians. Yeah, no, uh, thank you, Sam. Um, this because this was I got a lot to say. This was as <laughs> bad as it gets. Um, you know, they start off with an eight nothing win on Friday night and you're kind of feeling good. Like, OK. That was a that was a dominant win because they don't they don't get a lot of like blowout wins. I don't know why, but you know you win eight nothing, and then I I couldn't have envisioned what happened on Saturday and Sunday. Eleven three loss Saturday, and then they lose eleven to one on Sunday with Garrett Cole on the mound, and Cole gives up seven runs. Garrett they get Garrett Cole to be like you know the big game pitcher, and he's supposed to stop the bleeding and. It just gives up seven runs. Now, it's not a knock on Garrett Cole. He's going to win the Cy Young probably in the American League, unless Robbie Ray has anything to say about it. But it's just so incredibly frustrating that the team, you know, can take a step. We're back We're back to now where we were in, you know, June and July, where, you know, they take a step forward and then, you know, take one massive step back. And these last two days, these, these were two massive step backs. I mean, this is a Cleveland Indians team that, They've been no hit three times this year. They've been no hit three times and they scored 22 runs off of them in two days. It's just incredibly infuriating. And to go off your point about how they played the Orioles earlier in the week. I mean, look, look at what the Red Sox did this weekend. They had absolutely no issue taking three games from the Orioles. It was, it was too easy. Whereas the Yankees, they, they always struggle. And this is, this is a bad time of the year to be struggling because you got 12 games left and now you're one and a half out of it. I mean, Mike, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I'm just incredibly frustrated as a Yankee fan with this team. I just, I just can't believe that it's gotten to this point. Yeah. I, I just think it's really a really struggling time for the Yankees. I mean, you put a great, uh, you know, Brian, it's just a lot of t- uh, things going wrong for the Yankees. The pitching is not there on a consistent basis. The bullpen is being, you know, they're asking a lot of the bullpen almost every time out. I mean, they're having to close games in close situations. I mean, aside from those two bad Indians losses before then, 
there was a lot of times where the pressure was on the bullpen to save games and get a lot of innings because starters were not getting depth early in the game. And you think about that 3-2 loss to Baltimore. I mean, a wild pitch loses the game for the Yankees. Clay Holmes is asked to do two innings of work, which he's not usually asked to do. And that's a big thing for him. And Gary Sanchez has a lot of defensive struggles. He doesn't get that wild pitch, a pitch he probably should have caught. And if you catch that pitch, I mean, the next pitch was an out. So that's game, and that's a huge win. I mean, every win matters now. The Orioles are a team you have to sweep. So that's a game you cannot lose. And then just look at the most recent games for the Yankees. Two awful losses to the Indians, like you said. You give up 11 runs in each of the past two games, following that game one 8 nothing win. And it's just an absolute mess for the Yankees. You can't ask Cole to be the Cy Young every time he pitches. He's okay to have a bad start. It's just everyone around him not playing as good. You have errors by DJ and Rizzo. That's unacceptable. Glaber has gotten worse as a defender every time he steps on the field. It's almost like the player he was in 2017 and 2018 is not the same player we're seeing right now. So this is a big problem for the Yankees that they need to overcome. And it's just getting way too late for them to do anything about it. The Red Sox have all but locked up that wild card spot. Unless the Yankees almost sweep them out, it seems like they're at least going to be in the wild card, whether it's home or away. And the Blue Jays are have been Yankees, you know, kryptonite all season long. Simeon's been great against them. And that lineup's ferocious. And you talk about Robbie Ray, he's been amazing. So there's just a lot of things wrong. And I'm just not sure if the Yankees are, you know, going to be able to overcome this. It's getting way too late. And they just really need to play their best baseball lane the season. They've got the three best teams in their division coming up soon. The, the recent stretch that they've been on just kind of shows – Something that I think I've talked about on this podcast, I don't even know how many times by now with the New York Yankees, but inconsistency has been a big issue for them all year long. They have their big 13-game win streak, and then from then, they just lose just about every game. Let the teams like the Red Sox and, and let even Toronto, who, who went on a run, hang around and come back and have a chance uh, to get that wild card or, or even make up ground in the division. I mean, the Yankees, that's the biggest thing for them is, is lacking that consistency, and you see it in this weekend series, you see it in the earlier games against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, that's a great point, Mike. They really should have swept that team and good teams. I mean, you just saw it with Boston Red Sox and they didn't easily sweep the Orioles, but they still did sweep the Orioles. I mean, and they did what Absolutely. they had to do to win those games that you need to win. The Yankees haven't done that. Like, like we mentioned, and especially this weekend's a perfect example. So that's showing, I think just some of the real fundamental issues with this team, which makes me think, you know, come playoff time, are they going to be prepared? Are they going to, you know, be able to even get in first of all, much less. And then if they do get in, is, is making a run, even a consideration for them with the way that they have been playing. I think they have the potential and that's never been the issue for this Yankees team. But like you said, Mike, you bring up a good point. Labor Torres defense, other, other players, defense as well, Urshela, Gary Sanchez, it, it hasn't been great. I mean, it's, it's certainly been an, a big issue with this team and when they're not, you know, unbelievable offensively, it makes it a lot harder to say, okay, he deserves to start at shortstop, Glaber Torres, for example, if that defense is, is so, so much lacking as it has been recently. So that lots of issues with, with the Yankees, but I want to pump the brakes a little bit because the important thing with them and is the fact that simply they kind of control their own destiny. I mean, they have three against the Texas Rangers, which another series that theoretically you should at least take two out of three, if not sweep. Uh, every game is a must-win, obviously. But then you have Boston, Toronto, and Tampa to end the year, and that's that's really tough for, for the New York Yankees. But everything is right in front of them. 
if they want to go out and get that wild card, they have a chance to go into Fenway Park, into Toronto, and, and, and let's see what happens. I mean, it's really best against best, and I think that's really all you can ask. But that's the one thing I will say is that I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees find it within them. Baseball is a weird sport where you get games where teams, you know, don't match up very well. It looks like one team should kill the other team, and it just doesn't happen. Teams lose those games. And then all of a sudden they play a better team like the Red Sox or Toronto and, you know, things change. The Yankees could find themselves getting a little bit momentum at the right time. Who knows? I'm just going to pump the brakes a little bit because I think a lot of, you know, I I hear some Yankees fans saying it's over season's over. It's certainly not. I mean, they're a game and a half back of the wild card. They're still right in it. And like I said, they kind of control their own destiny as well. Yeah, no, obviously, um, you know, in terms of mathematics, they're obviously not out of it. I mean, as frustrating as this weekend was, obviously, you know, you have three games against the Rangers to possibly beat up on a bad opponent. And, you know, you have the Red Sox this weekend and then the Blue Jays. So, yeah, every team that you need to pass in the standings is right in front of you. So, I mean, it certainly is possible. And, again, you have to, you have to pick up the pace, though. I mean, this last, last month of September, you haven't even played that many good teams. And, like, they just can't win. They're – the 13 game win streak, they're beating good teams. And now, you know, you, you get the Orioles, you get, you know, the Indians who aren't that good. And then they, they just get beat poorly, but that's, the that's the strange thing about baseball. Is just I know. You find that like, like you're totally right. You beat those good teams in the, in that nice winning streak and it shows how good the Yankees can be. And then on the flip side, it shows also how bad they can be. Right. Yeah, Sam, well, I, I was even going to touch on, like, I mean, like you said, Brian, too, like the Yankees have been dropping series against teams that, like, are not really contending. Think about the Mets. They've lost series to the Angels. They've lost series to the Orioles. And now Cleveland, like, what's to say they changed that against the Rangers? I think that's a big thing, a, a yeah. concern you have heading into this series. Yeah, it can be easy to say you went to a, you uh, you win the series or you at least, uh, you know, sweep them. Um, that would be the best case scenario. But if they don't do that, then they really have to, you know, almost sweep Boston at that point. And you get Tampa, who's the best team in the league. They're not going to let up against the Yankees. They still want to lock up, you know, that first place in the division and get as high of a, you know, seating in the playoffs as possible. So they're still going to come to play when they see you. And ha- and Toronto's been, you know, great against you all season long. In the Bronx, they swept you. So that's a, like, there's a lot of hills they need to climb if they want to get into this wild card. And it starts with the Rangers, but they haven't proven anything to me in recent weeks that say they'll overcome them in this upcoming series. Well, yeah, yeah. Toronto's red hot too. So that's, they're, they're not, they're not going away anytime soon. And the Yankees, with the Red Sox, they had, the Yankees had a chance to really like put them away and they haven't. But again, the Red Sox, the last time the Yankees went up against the Red Sox, they swept them. So, I guess there's a little confidence there, but more more often than not this season, the Red Sox have had their number. And, you know, the Blue Jays, I mean, the Blue Jays just came into the Bronx and took four games just like that. It was it was light work for Toronto. So I I really think, you know, the Yankees, they need to step up, obviously, because their season's on the line. And if you're Aaron Boone, I think your job's on the line if you don't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's a that's a very great point. I mean, something, you know, his job has been called for for most of the year. It took a little break when the Yankees went on the run that they are in and obviously are even in the position to to make a wild card potentially. But Mike, you also bring up a great point. I think this Texas Rangers series could be massive if they continue their their struggling ways against these not so good teams. 
let's say they lose two out of three. I mean, that really digs them in a very deep hole for them to get out of because, like I said, they do control their own destiny, destiny, but they have to be in at least a decent position going into Fenway Park that weekend uh, to be able to make up some ground. And you're not expected to win every single one of those games. They're not going to win uh, all six between Toronto and Boston. They could win both series, which would be nice, but you don't want to put too much pressure on those games if you go out this week against Texas and lose two out of three. So that's obviously every game matters a lot uh, in this wildcard standings and the way these teams have been playing. So that makes it exciting. And I know you guys are Yankees fans. You have dogs in the fight. I'm a Red Sox fan, so I have a dog in the fight as well. It's very nerve-wracking. And every night, you know, you're checking the score, not just of your team or watching your team, but you're also checking scores of other games as well, kind of crossing your fingers. And one other thing, too, I wanted to bring up briefly before we kind of transition here is, and Brian, you mentioned it for a second there, Garrett Cole has been in the conversation for Cy Young for quite a while now. Uh, and recently, Robbie Ray has really, you know, risen to to prove himself as one of the top pitchers in the American League. And then this start on Sunday for Garrett Cole, it certainly doesn't make it look good. And I, I think, you know, Mike, I'll go to you first here. I think maybe I'm not sure, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a head scratcher with why Garrett Cole has had these kind of clunkers and these bad starts, but could have something to do with that hamstring, could have something to do with the fact that I don't know, maybe just a, a bad start, just a rare bad start for him. But it seems like that Cy Young is starting to trend more towards Robbie Ray and away from Garrett Cole here. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. You look at the numbers. I mean, Robbie Ray's ERA is almost 0.6 points more than Garrett Cole's. That's a very considerable amount. His strikeouts are also the best in the AL. He's right now the clear pick for that Cy Young. And like you mentioned, Sam, two weeks ago, we're saying it's Garrett Cole's is the clear pick considering the run the Yankees were on and how big of a focal point he was during that win streak. So, but aside from that, Garrett Cole can't always be asked to be that Cy Young. And I think it's tough for him because he has those outings where he goes up and gives up seven to eight runs out of nowhere. You think about Tampa Bay earlier in the year. And then this past one against the Indians where his stuff just really isn't there. And when the fastball is not working for Garrett Cole, that's when he's not going to be at his best. When the life is not there behind that fastball, he doesn't have the run on it. He blows that by hitters when he's at his best. And that's what he didn't have against Tampa Bay earlier in the year. And that's what he didn't have against Cleveland yesterday. So I think that's a huge thing you got to realize with Garrett Cole is that if he's on, he's going to be dominant for you. But if he's not, it's really worrisome. He's not going to get the job done. And he's not even going to keep you in the game. And that's a big problem heading into the wild card. But he's still your ace. You're still putting him out there over anybody. You're the guy you got to go to. That's who Garrett Cole is. So you still back him if you get into this wild card. He's still your pitcher. But it is a little worrisome because he has these up and down moments. And it's kind of like the entire Yankees season where, you know, one day they're the best team in baseball. And then next two weeks, they're the worst team in baseball. So very much like the Yankees team, Garrett Cole's had a lot of ups and downs this year. And you want to even that out when you get to the end of the year. And hopefully next season, he find a way to, you know, flatten that curve and, not be as you know rocky some nights and great other nights well yeah i think as as much as as much as garrett cole has had the ups and downs this season you obviously have to trust him in a big in a big game situation like he's the guy who's been there that's a question i mean do you still do yeah i mean as a yankees fan do you still 100 you you have to he's your side he's your guy you gotta pitch him yeah i mean who who else is gonna go out there and do it for you i mean yeah no i agree with that i I think there's nobody to take his place yeah 
I'm, I'm saying is that after a start like Sunday, especially so close to the end of the year, if the Yankees do find themselves in that wild card game. You have to be a little nervous, at least with his inconsistencies. Yeah, you just don't. I just don't think you pay a guy three hundred million to not be play your wild for sure. card game. Yeah, right? for sure. And just on the basis of that, and I and maybe that's a lazy argument, but he's also the best pitcher on this you know starting rotation by far. I mean, maybe Nestor Cortez in moments this year has been great, but he does not give you the longevity in games. Garrett Cole can. I mean, Cole has the ability to go seven, eight innings, maybe complete game if he's at his best and. Considering where, where the bullpen is right now, that's what you need. You need to risk that. You need to have a chance that, that Garrett Cole is on and he can give you seven, eight innings because the depth in the bullpen is not great. You don't have Loisiga healthy right now. That's not great. Clay Holmes can only be so good for you. And, you know, there's a lot of up and downs in this pen. So that's really an area of concern. So you got to give it to Cole if you enter that wild card game. But you got to get there first before you even think about it. Yeah. And I mean, Garrett Cole has had bad starts. But he's rebounded nicely, and I mean, the month of August, he was he was really on coming off of that, you know, fourteen to one, fourteen nothing loss to the Tampa Bay Rays at one time. So, I mean, he's he's the big game pitcher. He's the ASU sign. So you gotta hope more often than not he's on. And but especially in cases like Sunday, Garrett Cole is a bad start, and especially recently, the Yankees have had so many injuries in the rotation that, you know. A Garrett Cole bad start, they almost can't afford it because, you know, Kluber's not really giving you length, although he did Friday night. And, you know, Tyone's been hurt and, you know, they don't have Domingo Herman. So they, they've they been they've been in a tough spot and they've had to tax the bullpen a lot, which, again, you can't really do with Loisaga and Zach Britton out. So, again, Garrett Cole, I think if they get to the big game, you really need to just – yeah, obviously you have to stick it with him. You're not going to start anybody else, but Garrett mm-hmm. Cole, he needs to really, he can't have a start like he did Saturday or Sunday, excuse me. And he's going to start a game, this series against the Red Sox this weekend. And he's got to be sharp because the Yankees need these games. For sure. And I got one question for both of you. And it's very simple. Do the Yankees make the playoffs? Brian, I'm going to you first. It's, it's a tough question to answer now. Don't uh, dance around it. Uh, you know, I'm I know not this, going, I'm not going pressure to. because this is, you know, obviously pre-recorded, so we'll be able to go back and look at it. Sure. But. We sure will. I got, I got to say, yeah. I mean, I've seen this team at, at their, at their peak and I just have to think that they're, they're going to find a way. I mean, these 12 games are so important, but they got Texas and then they got Boston Toronto and then Tampa Bay. And I mean, I, I think the blue Jays have been really good this year. I think, you know, they're awesome. Their lineup is just ridiculous. And then, you know, the bull they're pitching, they got, they got Robbie Ray, obviously, and they're a really good team, but you know, the blue Jays, they got Tampa, then they got, they got Tampa this week and then Minnesota on the road. And then I really think, you know, that series against the blue Jays in Toronto, that's, that's really going to determine their season. I mean, I think the I think the Yankees are going to pull this out. I've wanted a Yankees Red Sox wild card game for way too long, so I got to stick to my guns with this one. All right, Mike, how about you? You know, I'm I'm just staring at these wild card standings for the past you know couple minutes since that question's been asked, and I'm wrestling with it in my in my head. But I, I think the Yankees aren't a, a playoff team right now, and maybe that comes back to bite me, but. Just the schedule they've got. They've got Tampa. I don't. I don't see them winning that series. I really don't. Boston's really good right now, and Toronto has been 
amazing against the Yankees. I just have to look at it like that. They've got the Cy Young and Robbie Ray. Simeon's been great for that team. He's getting paid this offseason. It's just such an uphill battle for the Yankees. And it's hard for me to look back at like the Indian series, the, that bad 3 2 Orioles loss. You know, they had their chances to get ahead in this wild card. Even the, they get swept by the Blue Jays. They had wins they should be like, there should be games they won past couple weeks. And I think it's too late to make up for that now, considering the schedule ahead of them. If they go ahead and sweep the Rangers, maybe there's a different discussion, but I don't even think they can do that given the way this team has been playing. So I'm going to go, no, the Yankees are not going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, this is funny because on paper, everything is trending wrong for the New York Yankees. I mean, I mean, you have, uh, I'm looking at Toronto's schedule and, and like you said, they have Tampa which right now, is like you said, Brian, but then they have Minnesota and then they have Baltimore to end the year after New York. So they're not terrible. The Red Sox have a relatively easy schedule as well. They play Baltimore and Washington to end the year. They also play the Mets for two games. And we're going to get into them in a minute. So everything on paper makes it seem like, okay, the New York Yankees with their schedule just will be that odd man out. Uh, and I'm going to say they are. I, it's like very hard because I don't want this to come back and bite me either. Um, I don't, and I'm certainly not confident as a Red Sox fan with the way that they've been playing. I mean, they're certainly kind of hanging on as well. So that series this weekend, Sox and Yankees, I mean, you can't ask for much more. I think that's going to tell a lot about our predictions and how right we may or may not be. So we'll see, we'll see what they'll be able to come back and look at this and we'll either way, some of us is going to have to pay because we all have different picks there. So I'm going to go over to the New York Mets here briefly. We won't talk about it for too long because they, at the moment, unfortunately, are irrelevant with, with how they've been playing. Uh, the collapse has, I guess, continued. They continue to lose game after game. They did win Sunday night, but that was avoiding a sweep at the hands of the Phillies. The only real standings implications that that does have is that it pushes the Phillies two games back in the NL East, which I guess is, you know, the Mets playing a little bit of spoiler here. The Braves won also, um, as the Braves are just kind of clinging on. So briefly on the Mets, I mean, it's been – uh, very frustrating this year, you know, covering them with WFUV sports and just watching them consistently because it, it comes down to a lot of hitting with runners in scoring position. That's been an issue for them all year. They haven't been able to get the big hit and that's especially been relevant over the past couple months as they've fallen. They lose a ton of one run games more than just about anybody, especially against good teams like the giants and Dodgers, which was in August. Uh, but even now they continue to do so even against the Phillies this weekend. So for me, it's just uh, incredibly frustrating to watch this team, to be honest. Um, I just, I don't know. There's not, there's not a whole lot to say about it just because, I mean, this Mets team was in first place. And I think we're going to look back to a series that they had against the Atlanta Braves right before the trade deadline. They had five straight games against them. Uh, they could have buried the Braves. They really, I think they were up five games in the division. They could have pushed that to seven or eight and the Braves would have been sellers at the deadline and I mean, the Mets, you know, if they collapsed like they did, they still wouldn't have won the division. But assuming if that happened, the Braves wouldn't have put the pressure on the Mets and who knows what would have happened going forward in the second half. But that kind of shows, I think, the issue with the first half of the year, the Mets were in first place, but they were letting teams hang around. They were letting the Braves hang around, despite the fact that they are injury ridden. They had a ton of injuries. They were letting the Braves stay within striking distance they did well at the deadline. The Mets, are, you could argue, did not. I mean, Javi Baez has been good, but that's not the only issue that they needed to, to be solved. And 
the Mets struggle, then all of a sudden we're looking at it here and it looks like the Braves are going to be that team to come out of the NL East. So it's incredibly frustrating for the New York Mets. And we're not going to talk about it too long, but Mike, I'll go to you first here. I mean, what are your thoughts on the Mets right now and, and from where they've come into where they are now? Yeah, I think it's important to look at the Mets at this moment more as like an entire season encapsulating that time span because that's what you really have to do, especially in like baseball and when you look at the Mets, considering they're probably on the outside looking in as we approach, you know, the wild card and the playoff picture. I think it's a, it's a start for the Mets, but I think there's a lot of things that were promised by Steve Cohen in that initial press conference that they haven't really achieved. You know, he talked about keeping the players healthy. They haven't really done that. He talked about like having a winning culture and they haven't really done a lot to get there. You talk about the thumbs down incident. They've had their, you know, fair share front office miscues, you know, and it's still headlines in the news. So there's still a lot the Mets need to work on until they become, you know, that winning culture, that playoff caliber team. And I think a lot of that has to do with the on-field product too. I mean, Conforto, Dominic Smith, Lindor, McNeil, they've all had pretty disappointing seasons. They've not been the players they would thought they'd be. I mean, McNeil has had 300 plus at batting average seasons for the past three years. This year, he's hitting well below that number. Dom Smith was great in the 60 game COVID season. He's not that player anymore. Conforto has been battling with injuries his whole career, but prior to that was one of the top players. There's a lot of hype around Conforto. He's not really that guy. He really struggled this year. So there's a lot of, you know, disappointing things at the Mets. And, you know, if I'm in that front office, I think this offseason, you got to think about revamping this roster and getting new players in here because, you know, outside of guys like Alonzo and, you know, maybe Brandon Nimmo, guys who are not being productive in their spots. And, you know, over the pitching, losing the ground was a big, big hurt. But Walker's not been that guy he was prior to the All-Star break. He's been a really bad player for them pitching, losing a lot of big games for them. You know, think back to that one start against the Dodgers. He was great that outing. But outside of that, after the All-Star break, he's been a really disappointing player. And Stroman's been great. He's your number two with DeGrom back. But they need to figure out a lot of problems with this team. And just looking at the way they've lost games recently, especially in that Philly series, I mean, they're losers of five, five straight, excuse me, heading into last night where they won the game. You know, McNeil, Homer really helps them there. But this team is struggling a lot. When you watch their games, you don't really see a playoff team there. And, you know, call back to those NL West series they had against the Giants and Dodgers, you know, when they faced them in back-to-back uh, series first in, um, in Queens, then going out West, they did not look like a playoff team. That's a real test for them. And when they're not winning those series, that's, you know, enough for me to say they're not ready for the playoffs yet. So, you know, just to summarize, you know, that big little thing about the Mets there, then you have a lot of work to do this offseason, I think, to make them a contender, both in the front office, in the coaching, and just getting the on-field project where it needs to be to win baseball games. Yeah, I think this Mets kind of like downfall from first place to now where they are now, I think it's can be summarized in two things. First off, you know, the pitching staff, you know, in the first half, it was, it was, it was great. First three months of the season, you know, DeGrom was on. He was battling some injuries. But when he was on the field, he was terrific. But now the issue is now he's just not on the field. He can't, he can't be on the mound. He's not pitching. So that's obviously a devastating blow. And as you mentioned, Mike, I mean, Taiwan Walker has just not been the same pitcher. And it's been devastating for the Mets that he can't give them what they needed. Because for the most part, the offense, the offense has never really been there this year. Like in the first half, they weren't scoring very many runs. So, and but the pitching staff, it was able to pick up the slack. Like DeGrom, you could always count on him. And then Tywan Walker just was this out of nowhere, just really reliable guy for this Mets rotation. And the only the only constant has really been Stroman. I mean, Stroman's been Stroman's been great all year, but it comes down to the pitching staff. And I think 
the opponents they face in the second half. I mean, the 13 game stretch against the Giants and the Dodgers kind of unofficially put the Mets to bed. I mean, going two and 11 in that stretch just kind of showed that, wow, maybe this team's not exactly ready. But then, I mean, the Mets, because the NL East isn't that great. I mean, the Braves, they're not pulling away with it by any means. And the Phillies have had their ups and downs for sure. So the Mets, they've hung, they've hung around. And you had that big win in the Yankees series. And Lindor hit three home runs on Sunday night. And you're thinking, okay, maybe this team can go on a run. Maybe we can build off of this and do something. And then they rebound from that by losing five straight games. And it's all against teams that, like, they need to beat to get in front of them. You have, you have the Cardinals and then the yep. Phillies and dropping all of those games, man, it's just, it's just so disappointing for Mets fans. And, you know, you got to think that they're not going to Steve Cohen, at least is not going to take this line down. And I think some changes are in store for the Mets. Just so disappointing what we've seen in the last two months from them. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot to digest and it's something that will take many, many episodes of nosebleeds and many conversations about the season as a whole for the New York Mets because it was a roller coaster, really. I mean, there were very exciting moments and, and seeing them in first place with Jacob DeGrom on the mound, you were really confident in this team and they look like a playoff team. But you're right, there were some underlying issues like the offense has been an issue all year and that was kind of hiding behind some really solid pitching uh, in the first half and also some big hits, some big at-bats, um, some good at-bats with runners in scoring position, something that we have not seen at all in the second half, really. And, you know, you mentioned it, I think like if that, if that 13 game stretch with the giants and Dodgers after that two and 11, that was, if that wasn't the final nail in the coffin, uh, you know, losing to the Cardinals and the Phillies this week with a slight chance to make things up, if they find a way to turn things around, losing all those games, that's the final blow for them as they're, you know, certainly on the outside looking in, uh, I want to talk about, we talked, so we talked about the AO wildcard in and how exciting that's going to be. The Yankees just a game and a half back, Toronto and then Boston in the American League. Looking at the National League as well, that's become a race, a race that a lot of people didn't expect going into the year. And even in the middle of the season, it was thoughts of, okay, it's, it's three teams from the NLS. It's going to be the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. That's how it looked, no matter what order. The Padres have fell off, and, and here come, it looked like the Reds for a second there, but then upcoming the, the, the St. Louis Cardinals just out of nowhere, a team that, at least for me, when I saw that they were starting to play better baseball, I was just like, "That's that makes so much sense. The Cardinals just find a way to make the playoffs all the time, even when people don't talk about them and people don't really think about them. That's kind of what my reaction to it was. And it looks like now they're, they're three games up now, as we record this on Monday over Cincinnati, for that second wildcard spot. So I, I want to get your guys' opinions. Brian, I'll go to you. First of all, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals? Do you think they're pretty much going to lock this up, or do you see another team grabbing that second wild card? Well, I think what the Cardinals have done in the last in the last month has been incredible. I mean, in August, I remember looking at them in the standings and just saying, like, yeah, this team's on life support. I mean, they're the odds of them actually grabbing a spot is just so so slim, and it really it really it didn't have to be this way, like. I know, I know that we talk about the three NLS teams. It was really looking like that. But even just in the last month or so, the Reds and the Padres, oh, they've really had their chances to really take the spot. But the Reds and the Padres, they've kind of just been doing this like back and forth, like, ah, you can have it. I don't really want it. No, no, please take it. I don't want it. And through all this, the Cardinals, now they've won eight games in a row, and they're just fly, flying by. I, I think I'm ready. 
I've been thinking it for a while, but now it's, I think most people are ready to definitively say that the Padres are done, especially after taking a sweep to St. Louis this weekend. You, you can't be doing that. And, and, you know, the dugout fight is one thing. It's just been a really, yeah, the fight in the dugout too. Yeah. Just to bring that up briefly. I mean, I think that shows just the pressure that the Padres are on now because they went from that team and that, you know, that second wild card was theirs or even that first wild card at a time seemed like it would be theirs. They're certainly a talented team, but then they're kind of just letting the pressure and letting, you know, a sweep at the hands of the Cardinals get to them really. And you're seeing that boil over with that fight there. I thought that was really interesting to see because it's very symbolic of the way that the Padres have been playing and how they've been slipping out of that, that wild card. Yeah. And, and you talk about the Padres. I think it's really important to talk about the pitching too. I mean, they let go of their pitching coach midway through the year, Larry Rothschild. That can't be good for a team. I mean, you're basically going a new direction with the rotation and bullpen halfway through a season. They obviously weren't happy with the work he was doing. There was a lot of struggles with the pitching department in the Padre system. So that was a big problem for the San Diego because now they've had to rebuild the pitching and the bats have fallen asleep. And now was carrying them for a lot of the year. And with Tatis, you know, his health has been question mark. That's when the game started to be lost for them when, you know, he went down with the injury and he's back now, but you talk about the fight in the dugout, you know, the Padres are not the team they were, you know, two months ago, three months ago, they're a different team now. And the Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball, eight straight going into uh, last night one of the best teams they, uh, in the entire MLB, let alone the NL. And the only team I think maybe has a chance at them is the Reds. They're losers of three of their last 10. So um, they haven't played great baseball. And I think that's a big question mark then. But the, when the bats are hot with the Reds, that's always going to carry them. And the pitching's really good for two. I think that's the only team that has a chance, but they're three games back. There's a lot of work they need to do to get in there. Their schedule moving forward, they got Pittsburgh for three-game series. Then they got four-game series against the Nationals and then a two-game set first the White Sox to end the season. So, you know, outside that White Sox set, there's a lot of winnable games there for them. They could essentially win out or maybe only drop one game out of those two series between the Pirates and the Nationals. Uh, The White Sox series is going to be a little tough for them, but if they do a good job winning these games, I think they put their hat in the ring. I think they they have a chance, but the Cardinals really just need to do their, you know, get their work done, you know, get their wins. They don't have a tough schedule. They get the Brewers and Cubs two times, two series each to end the season. So a lot of a winnable games for the Cardinals too. Uh, I think the Cardinals are in the best position to win this, but I don't think the Reds are out just yet. They're only three games back and they're still a really good team. They haven't been playing great, you know, three and seven in the last 10, but I think that's the only team that has a shot. But if the Cardinals just, you know, keep playing the way they're playing or even play remotely close to how hot they've been playing, I think they're going to get the second wild card spot. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. totally with you on that. I mean, the Cardinals are red hot and I think they're the they're team that's going to end up getting it. But the reason, I mean, I mean, I'm counting out the Padres because just after what I've seen from them in the last, especially in the last three games against the team they needed to be, but the teams that I'm not going to count out are the Reds and the Phillies, because I mean, they have really easy schedules down the stretch. The Phillies, maybe that's more so for the NL East. It's more important in that regard. But I mean, the Reds, as you mentioned, Pittsburgh twice, and then they get the Nationals for a four game set and then two games against the White Sox. But I mean, Philly, they have the Orioles this week. Then you get the Pirates this weekend and then then the Braves and and then I'm blanking on who they finish the season with. But Miami, I am the Marlins. Right yeah, that's it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, those two teams, we've seen a lot of times in the last couple of months how quickly things can change. Like, you know, the Blue Jays, they were 
like four and a half back of the Yankees. They just stormed right by them in a matter of matter of days. You know, the Red Sox had a 10 game lead on the Yankees at one point in the season. At one point, the Yankees passed them. So things can change very quickly. So it's not I wouldn't call it quits for Cincinnati, but I would definitely say the Cardinals are in a really good position and they control their own destiny. Yeah, I think that's it's going to be very exciting. You're totally right. The Phillies are in a really interesting spot because they have a chance to win the NL East, which I think is kind of a shock for me, considering that they have a lot of flaws and the Braves have let them stick around. And the Phillies have a nice, easy schedule. Uh, the Reds seem to as well. So it'll certainly be interesting. Uh, the Cardinals, for me, just look like that team that's, that's going to make the playoffs, which sets up a really interesting matchup uh, with Wainwright versus uh, the, the L.A. Dodgers. So that, that's going to be certainly interesting, and, and Scherzer for them has been absolutely dealing. So it's going to be a really exciting wild card uh, chase here as we're approaching just about the final week of the regular season. Not much time left here in baseball. We are definitely excited to watch the rest of it. And be sure to rewind and check our predictions on the New York Yankees to see if we're right, because who knows what's going to happen in the AL wildcard as well, in addition to the National League. I think that's going to do it for this edition of Nosebleeds, WFUV's baseball podcast. My name is Sam Davis with Brian Raybacks and Mike Calamari. Enjoy baseball this week. Have a good one, everybody.